it was taking over my life. I was so demonically oppressed. I was so demonically oppressed. And you mentioned my daughter. I raised her in a house of demons. Mm. I raised her in a house of demons. I mean, they were constantly with me. They were constantly with me. And I didn't realize at that time that that's what it was. I didn't know demons. I'm Adira Polite, and this is Then God Moved. Hey, Jen. How you doing, honey? I'm good. How are you? Good. Wow, I'm excited to be talking to you. I looked back. I was like, when did when did we even first talk? And it was in mid 2020, summer of 2020 wow. is when you shared your written testimony. I can't remember how we first got in contact. Do you remember? I think it was. I think you reached me on TikTok, and I was a newbie TikTok. on okay. TikTok, and you okay. reached out to me. And then, yeah, I was okay. so nervous. I don't oh. remember that. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's so great. Because I was back in the day when I would do like Zoom interviews, and then I would take the recording and just turn yes. it into a little caption. So, like, all we shared was the caption. This is the first time I'm going to be able to share you telling oh, your own you're story. Doing- Oh, gotcha. yeah. Okay. Is this yeah. going to be video also? Like, should I take no. my grandma's no, 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 no. sweater? Okay, It'll just be audio. All yeah. right. Okay. <laughs> you look great though. You look great. Oh, thank you, honey. <laughs> so you are in New York, right? You have an accent. Yes. Okay. Yes, ma'am. Long Island. Long Island. Okay. Especially when I say it, you can tell. <laughs> Wait, that's fascinating because the Long Island medium, I used to watch that show. Mm. You did? Mm-hmm. What a no-no, Missy. I know. I know. No, I know I was, and I was a child too. Like I was like, probably 12. Yeah. Wait, so you had your mom doing Reiki on you. You're watching the Long Island medium. Was she watching psychics or did you just come up? You know, you just not sure if she ever, I don't think she watched the show. I think that I first heard about it through Oprah because she would watch Oprah. And so then I started watching, you know, Long Island medium. And it's so interesting because I was also a non-believer in the spiritual realm, but I would believe these things. Things. Wow. Like I somehow believed that there was more to life than what we could see because I would believe that woman, you know. Did it lead you into anything? No, I never practiced anything. Mm-hmm. Praise did God. you go? Did you go? Oh, so you didn't go for readings or anything like that? Mm-mm. Ever? No, no, no. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. You were kind of, isn't that interesting? So somebody who otherwise was an unbeliever, uh-huh. you were still that might have been just having that oppression in your home from the mm. yoga and Reiki too. Possibly, yeah. I think also the occult is marketed so well, like the new age is just marketed in such an accessible way, especially with Long Island Medium, the way that she makes it seem as if this is someone's only option to find comfort in their grief. It's like she's doing them a service and she's the only one who can do it, you know. So you found it like riveting. You were. Mm -hmm. Wow. Would you ever want to come on my podcast? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm really passionate about children being, especially, I mean, of course, anybody being demonically oppressed, but I was a child when, you know, I started receiving psychic information. So Mm -hmm. hearing from somebody like you, who, when you were a child watching her show, you know, everything that you just said, uh, so you must be pretty young. I'm 27. I'm 27. Oh, yes. Your age. Do you see that a lot of people in your age range or with the crystals and the manifesting oh my gosh yes 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 okay. and so judgmental of christianity but all of that stuff's super cool i love this all right yeah. so you're gonna have to give me your schedule yeah okay yeah that sounds great i would love that 
Oh, yay. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Let's get into your story. So, yes, ma'am. And maybe you even have updates because I I obviously, I know, I know your story. I know the story that you are used to telling, but most of these listeners are hearing it for the very first time. I think it's such a fascinating story. I think there's a lot, honestly, that's very cinematic. I'm currently working on short films. I'm trying to turn some of these testimonies into short films. And your story is one of those where it's just like, wow, this would make an incredible film. I mean, you're 12 years old having premonitions. Yeah, it's so, it's so cool. Because I'm going to say cool. I'm not going to say weird because God is not weird, but he is cool Mm -hmm. that you're saying this because I was just telling Billy Hallowell the other day, kind of confiding in him and saying I had already started looking for uh, people that turn your book into a script. Oh, wow. Because I could I I could see this as I could see this as a because we have enough movies and documentaries on Netflix and in the world glorifying psychics. Well, what about one that's not yes thing to do, you know? So let me know, because I would be happy to um, participate or, and in fact, if you ever want to collaborate, I would love to do something. Yeah. I won't toot my own horn because I think it's a gift given to me from God, but like I have realized like I'm really good at screenwriting actually. (laughs) And it's funny because there's a screenwriter who told me he was reading my website and I met him as a fan of his. He is a Christian screenwriter. He made this TV show that I love called The Encounter. That's just all about Jesus meeting people in their mess. And mm-hmm. when we spoke, he said, I've read the testimonies you've written. And he was like, you should really think about screenwriting. You have a gift for telling short form story. And I was just stunned because, you know, I already had that desire in my heart, but I wasn't going to say anything to him about it. And he was just like, you should be doing this. And then I started doing it last year. and. I just feel very confident about it. Wow. I feel very much like that is part of what God wants to do through my life. So, Amen. and I just also feel like when I read stories or hear a story, I literally see it in my head yeah. as a film. Like I see the film. But then what happens after that? So let's say you write the the screenplay for it or whatever. And then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So good? the story we're working on right now. So I wrote a screenplay of this woman who was delivered from alcoholism there's a man named Joseph who is a videographer. He lives mm-hmm. in Atlanta here and he's been partnering with me. So he's actually going to be directing this film. And he has like all sorts of equipment because of his job. And then there's a woman named Tiffany, who's also a content creator here in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And she's helping us with it too. So it's basically like a grassroots thing at the moment. Wow. I like really want to apply for a 501c3 status. I've wanted mm-hmm. that for a while. So I want it to be like funded by people who believe in it. But yes. as of right now, we have no budget. We're just doing it with God's help. Yes. Wow. So maybe we should talk. I mean, I would hire you. Totally. I would awesome. hire you. But whatever happens after that, I don't really know. But right. I would love to work with a ministry to get something going. Yeah. Oh, awesome. all right. So we should talk about that. That would be so cool. That would be really cool. Just to get it out there. I mean, yeah. with some prayer, but step one would be to do the screenplay. Absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I'll send you an email with dates and then some initial thoughts and we can talk about that more. Okay, sister. Sounds good. Awesome. All right. Well, the thought that started all of this was that you were having premonitions at age 12. What does that even mean? So I had visions of things that ended up happening, of future Mm -hmm. events. And we can't go down the prophecy road because, yeah. of course, minus the Holy Spirit, there's no spiritual gift. And I don't even want to get into the whole prophecy yeah. thing right now. But mm-hmm. um, no, these were they weren't profound visions. They were people and places and conversations that 
appeared in these visions or dreams mm-hmm. and then they happened. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was so young. I was like, that's weird. You know, I dreamt about that or I, so it was kind of like, wow. Yeah, it was weird. Right. And I'm assuming that would open your mind to, huh, how could I figure out what on earth this is? Let me yeah. do some, let me do research. There was no Google. There was no iPhone. But I think because it was so close to when I had that tarot card reading, which at 13, I guess that probably just thinking back, I don't remember for sure, but that would have helped me to understand a little bit more because when I had that tarot card reading, I was like, how does this woman know things? You know, Mm -hmm. how do these cards know things? And then that's what really drove me down the rabbit hole of psychics and Mm -hmm. readings and everything else. So okay, I think that's an important point. So you were saying that there was something legitimate to it because I think that oftentimes people just dismiss this Mm -hmm. stuff Mm -hmm. and then those who are a part of it are saying well you don't really get it because it is true but you know that it is real you were hearing things that were true when you were 13 going to this tarot card reader she was Mm -hmm. saying things that were accurate right yeah oh yeah Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. definitely and uh even with the predictions and there are people that are charlatans. I mean, we, we have to concede to that. Of course, there are people that do cold readings. Mm-hmm. And I would say though, the, that's not the majority mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. psychics or psychic mediums or, or readers, because you've opened the door to the right. demonic. Once you pick up those cards, once you go for the reading, once you start practicing, so they will start feeding you information, mm-hmm. um, of course, to get you to the psychic and away from God. When did things start to get dark for you? When did you start to understand, oh, wait, there's something dark here? I know we talked before about your daughter and the mm-hmm. change that that had in your life. Oh, you mean you mean having her? When or- you had your daughter. Oh, you that's a big change in my life. That was a good change. Right. Um, when things got dark for me or when I noticed like the evil aspect of it. Yeah, you mentioned seeing like dark figures after yes. you had your daughter. Yes, but I wouldn't have called it evil. I would have mm. called it bad, you know, like mm-hmm. something bad, like bad spirits or, you know, dark, like you're saying dark or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I started to get touched by demons. I started seeing them. I saw demon animals that were very uh, frightening looking. Mm-hmm. And I kept going to divination to see what was going on. You know, I would mm-hmm. do automatic writings and stuff, you know, any question. And I would go to my local psychic medium. Mm-hmm. So when those things when that intensified for me, seeing demons being touched by them, then I started having, I started, I was receiving information about deceased people. Mm. So of course, then I think that they're deceased people talking to me, communicating with me. Mm-hmm. So I went to the psychic medium and she told me I had a gift and I needed to use the gift to help people. And she gave me the business card of a divination leader, teacher, if you will, who was a Reiki, who is, I should say, because she's still going. Reiki master and just, I mean, it was like the new age gone wild in this room. (laughs) I learned so many new age practices in that group. And I believed every single lie, every single one, because here I am having these experiences, if you will, really receiving information about people that gets validated that I never could have known, seeing these evil things, hearing from them. So here's a woman with the answers, right? You know, here's the answers. And then she's leading us through guided meditation, smudging the whole deal. And the more I did that, the further down I went, meaning, you know, the demonic road. And I kept doing readings and reading. Now it was a weekly thing. Now I'm in there, like focused on doing readings Mm -hmm. and 
that moved really quickly. So you say doing readings. When did you switch from receiving readings to then practicing yourself? I never switched. It was in addition. It was in addition. I mean, I guess unless you want to say you have to go back to 13 because 13, I wasn't giving a reading then. Mm -hmm. I was getting that reading. But very shortly after that, my sister and I got tarot cards and we started doing readings on each other and then friends and family, what have you. Was anyone around you saying, this is dangerous? No, not a single person. No, my mom was into it. You know, my great aunt was a psychic. My great aunt actually told me that because I almost passed away when I was a baby. Mm. And uh, she told me that uh, God sent me back to use this gift of psychic mediumship. Wow. So just know, kidding. God sent you back to tell everyone about just- the dangers. <laughs> <laughs> yes, oh. that's right. Yeah. Okay. So eventually you decide to turn this into a full career. Mm-hmm. And what went into that decision? Well, after I was in that group for X amount of months, you know, she's telling me, Jen, you've got to make business cards. You've got to, and and you have to have an exchange of Mm. energy. So the exchange of energy was being paid for it. So the money Mm. was an exchange of what I was doing. And of course I thought I was the good guy because there I am like in my mom's house doing readings, not charging as much as the other psychics are. So I was, I was strongly encouraged Mm. to make it a business and it was word of mouth. There was no Instagram. There was no TikTok. There was no, um, I didn't have a website, you know, it was word of mouth and it was taking over my life. It took Mm -hmm. over my life. It Mm -hmm. really did because I was so demonically oppressed. I was so demonically oppressed. And you mentioned my daughter. I raised her in a house of demons. Mm -hmm. I raised her in a house of demons. I mean, they were constantly with me. They were constantly with me. And I didn't realize at that time that that's what it was. I didn't really, I didn't know demons, you know, again, like we were taught, we could filter out there are good spirits or deceased people or angels, and they're lovely. And then there are bad spirits, but you can, you know, your spirit guide can filter them out, or you can imagine white light around yourself. You could burn the sage to try and protect yourself from demons. People are still arguing for that, which is Mm -hmm. shocks me. I hate to see that in the church. It's not the truth. Only Jesus can protect us from demons. They're they're only afraid of Jesus Christ. They're not afraid of your imagination or sage or tomatoes or whatever. (laughs) You may do salt, you know, it's not, but, um, but I didn't know what Mm -hmm. I was dealing with. So Mm -hmm. many times I would just be, I was afraid to be alone. I was afraid to be alone in the house Mm -hmm. and even taking showers. So I would like lock the door and do it. So in my mind, I think I thought I was afraid of a physical thing, like a physical person breaking in and I don't want to be alone. But looking back, I realized that I was so, so oppressed. I mean, I was seeing familiar spirits all the time. And as the readings went on and the more I did, and then the group readings, I mean, they were coming home with me. Mm. I was going out doing those group readings. I just mentioned recently, I recall and it's very painful to recall these things, to be honest with you, because now I, I get the level of evil mm-hmm. that was upon me. And I would do those group readings and I would see familiar spirits look like people. Okay. So, okay. so demons manifest into the animals, into, you know, what looks like a person, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I would see them in the street and imagine I'm driving and I think I'm about to hit, to hit a person. I could have gotten into a car accident. They're in the car with me. It was, it was just nonstop. How would you, how would you recognize that it was a familiar spirit that you were saying and not just a normal person? 
Well, because it doesn't look like the, would you say like a 3D version? Like this mm-hmm. kind of, like it looks like a person, but has that faint, you know, doesn't have like the material. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Like it doesn't. Oh, I understand. Yeah. You got me. Okay. Yeah. What we think of when we think of a ghost, like a, a shadowy, not fully human, but looks like a human figure. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What I wanted to say was because I don't want people to think honestly, really, please don't think that if you watch mediums on TV or psychics on TV that, you know, they're off doing these readings and their life is hunky dory. You don't know what kind of demonic oppression they're going through. You don't go home with them. You do not go home with them. And there will be demonic oppression when you're doing, when you're practicing divination or consulting it. There's no Mm. getting out of that. That's actually a great segue. How would you describe that oppression? You were fearful. It was like this, because, mm-hmm. you know, the word says God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Mm-hmm. But you had this heavy spirit of fear. How else did it manifest for you? And how else have you heard people talk about that oppression? Well, anxiety is is a big part of it, too. Um, confusion in your life. Um, oh, gosh, what else? Sleep paralysis. Mm-hmm. Um, depression can be a big part of it. And I did go through a lot of those things in certain periods of time. Mm-hmm. But the fear was a big one. That was the biggest one. Yeah. Okay. And mm-hmm. sensing, sensing presences also. Well, that's, yes. Yeah, that was huge. Okay. You know, activity. I used to call it activity. Oh, someone's here. Mm-hmm. Someone's in here. You know, paranormal activity. Right. So something changed when you suffered a physical trauma. Okay. So let's not talk about that. Okay. Okay. And if I did in the past, I was a little too naive to do that because, you know, I'm not allowed to say certain things about that. Did I tell you that? No. Medical malpractice. So I was stupid to do that. As a matter of fact, in my book, didn't say anything because I could get in big trouble. Okay. Um, yeah. I signed an agreement not to, I just can't do it, but God has made a way. So I okay. go more with now, like I just had that moment, great part of my testimony to cry out for help okay. under um, dire demonic oppression. And I cried out to Jesus Christ and I never knew him. Never Mm. knew him. But you heard yourself say, like you just heard yourself say those words, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Mm. Over and over. Jesus. I just, Jesus. And, and he, he showed up and he brought a peace over me that was overwhelming. Honestly, you know, wait, Jesus, like, Mm. I okay. And after that happened, I didn't want to be a psychic anymore. And Mm. I didn't know why. So mm-hmm. now I have this, I'm calling out to this Jesus that I never really knew. I knew of, but didn't know him, had no faith in him, no relationship with him. And now I don't want to be a psychic anymore. What does it mean? What does it mean? You know, I wasn't, I still wasn't picking up a Bible. I never debunked the Bible. I just had no interest in it. That's how the devil kept me away from the truth. Just had no interest in it. And that lasted for months, almost 10 months. I stopped doing the readings, but then I went back to them. I mean, at that point, I'm 37 years old. I call on Jesus's name at the end of my 36th year. As I go through the next, you know, 10 months, it was a weird spiritual vulnerability where I'm like, what's going on? What do I do? So I stopped the readings, but then I went back. It was my livelihood. It was all I knew. I thought I had a gift. I was confused. And then I had dinner with my friend, Beth, who... I used to read, I used to read her. I used to read her family. I met her in the divination group, the one that I mentioned earlier. Okay. And we had become very good friends and I hadn't seen her in a bit. 
she comes in, she's saved by Jesus Christ and talking about Jesus. Isn't he like, when you look back wow. on the thing now, especially, yeah. you, know, you know, I'm like, wow, look how God yeah. moves, right? Mm -hmm. Look how God moves and how he orchestrates everything, you yes. know? Mm -hmm. So, but she's telling me about Jesus and I'm like, mm, okay. And she's like, you want to come to church? And I'm like, no, I'm good. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but I think I was right. And a month passes by. And on that Sunday morning, four weeks later, I woke up and very similar to the time when I didn't want to do readings anymore, but I didn't know why I wanted to go to that church that Sunday morning, but I didn't know why mm, the Holy spirit was Hello, just Holy like, spirit. do this, do that. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. Totally. Oh boy. And I go to the church and again, like, you know, this church, I was raised culturally Catholic. So the services I had seen had been masses and things like that. So this mm -hmm. is a Bible-based Christian church. Hands are up in the air. People are worshiping. I'm like, what's going on in here? You know, this is overwhelming. And they start singing, Jesus, save me. Those are the words on mm -hmm. the screen. And I'm singing with everybody, Jesus, save me. And as soon as I sing it, I flash back to the moment I cried out to him 10 months prior. And I start crying. It was a confirmation. It was like, Jesus, that's you. You're real. You saved me. You set me free. It's all because of you. And wow. And I felt free in that moment, in that second, when I realized it was him, when I realized it was like, talk about an awakening. Now mm -hmm. eyes are all the way open. Yeah. I think after when I first cried out to him, my eyes were like opening, you know, the mm -hmm. veil was starting to be lifted. Mm -hmm. And now it's like wide open. I see you, God. I see you, if you know what I mean. So I went home from that service and honest to God, I, I was not contemplating this. I, I went home. So again, Holy Spirit, thank you. And I Google searched, what does the Bible say about psychic mediums? Mm. Wow. I think it was like open Bible info or something or whatever the website is, a hundred verses. Mm. I'm like, come on, what? <laughs> and I start seeing them. And it's like Deuteronomy 18, 10 to 12, where he calls me out and every other diviner, you shall not practice or consult divination, mediums, um, interpret omens, fortune telling. Mm -hmm. And I was blown away. When I saw the word medium, I think it was in like the NIV or ESV. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh no, oh no. There's no getting around it. You're like, no. there's no explaining my way out of that. Yeah. There's no interpretation issue there. It's yes. direct. You yes. shall not do it. It's an abomination. Um, whoever practices it. So that means the person, me, an abomination to our Lord. You know, the one who just saved me eternally. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, mm, I got to quit my job. Wow. I have to quit my job. And I'm not going to say there wasn't a little anxiety involved with that. I mean, mm -hmm. and I was the breadwinner. And one of the verses that I had seen was pick up your cross and follow me. I don't know why that popped up with those ones about divination. I guess they threw it in there, mm -hmm. but, but isn't it the truth? You pick up your cross and follow Jesus Christ in awe of him, in awe of what he did for me, realizing that had I died as a psychic medium, I would have gone to hell. I was hellbound, mm -hmm. and he gave me that chance. Wow. Did you immediately have an understanding when this was real to you and you realized this is sin against God? Did you also understand kind of the why? Did you understand, oh, I've been playing with darkness? Evil. Not minute one. 
Yeah, okay. not minute one, not a hundred percent. But I knew, I knew in my spirit that if God's saying not to do it, well, then where is it coming from? Right. You know, but I didn't know all the ins and outs of the situation. I just, like I said, I just knew he he's saying not to do it. He's saying it over and over again, mm-hmm. not to do it. Acts 16, 16, Acts 19, you know, again, Deuteronomy 18, and many, many, many more. And so I knew just not to do it. As time went on and I was in church and I was reading the Bible, I was like, wow. Oh, so those spirits that I thought were the good ones. Nope. Mm-hmm. Nope. Satan masquerades as an angel of light. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And I wanted to ask you about that because some might say like, well, how are those things seeming good? Like you, they seemed good. And I think it's important to talk about honestly, Genesis and what we know of the fall, Mm -hmm. because people, I don't think, think of the fall literally. And it's like scripture tells us very clearly that Satan took angels with him when he rebelled against God. One third of those angels went with him and rebelled against God. So there are who knows how many angels and spiritual powers that are in rebellion against god and they're angelic beings and i think that people forget that they are angelic beings so if you are encountering one of these beings they're going to seem sweet and lovely and kind because they're angelic they're created by god as angels but they are in rebellion against god so of course god loves man god created us to glorify him they hate him of course they're going to come after us and try their best to deceive us So in hindsight, when you come across people, because I know now, and I want to talk also about why you decided to create an entire ministry combating this sort of stuff. When you see people now who are deceived and who believe, well, I feel good. I I feel peace when I do these things. What do you tell them? That is so dangerous. That is so, so dangerous. You just hit the nail on the head with your explanation, by the way. If the practice or the feeling wasn't good or resonating or seemingly helpful, why would you even do it? That's deception. So don't be fooled by your feelings. Don't be fooled. And and trust me, my heart goes out to the grievous. My heart goes out to the hopeless, to the lonely, and even to the curious who just who who just want that security. So all the things I just mentioned are only found the help for those things is only found in Christ Jesus. Yeah. These demons can't provide it. So though you may have this temporary, I think you mentioned if they feel peaceful, it's not peace though. I'm going to tell you what, it's not peace. You know why? Because if it was peace, you wouldn't go back. Mm. You wouldn't go back, would you? You What you're doing is you're on the hamster wheel of happiness. You're on the hamster wheel of control. You're on the hamster wheel of power and you're going against oh. God to get it. That's good. Yeah. Um, and you don't know it, you don't realize it. That's what what I'm saying. So when I tell people, it isn't what it looks like. It isn't what it looks like. So you really need to be aware of the spiritual realm. Mm -hmm. You really need to know that God is real. The devil is real. The demons are real. What their agenda is, like you, you mentioned, really think to yourself, who does love me? Whose hands is my life in? You know, because Hell is a real place and it's permanent. And I don't say that to scare anybody, but it's the truth. Mm-hmm. And today could be the day that Jesus comes. Today could be the day that I go meet the Lord. I don't know, right? right? We don't know and we're not promised tomorrow. So I, I will boldly and I pray with love and grace, tell people the truth. Those practices are demonic, intended to keep one away from salvation, 
And if you're a believer, even doing things like the yoga or or whatever, you know, that's a demonic practice. And that's intended to get the believer to get into disobedience mm -hmm. to the Lord, which then would put that sin there and plant confusion and doubt. Satan can't steal the believer's soul, of course, but he will try to steal your joy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Can you talk about open doors? Honestly, I'm just curious myself, like for the believer, when a believer finds themselves in one of these practices and people will say, you're opening doors to the enemy, what does that really mean? How does that even work? Yeah. So, I mean, of course it's not a physical door, but it's what you're doing is you're saying, you may not think you're saying it, but you are, you're saying, okay, I'm going to do this practice. I'm going to, I'm going to entertain this. I'm going to look at the horoscopes. I'm going to get the tarot card reading. It's just entertainment. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do yoga. I'm going to do Reiki. That's opening the door because you're going straight into the demonic. You're mm -hmm. going straight into the demonic and you're making a choice to do it. And of course you may just be extremely deceived, but if you know, or I should say, but when you know, you know, Mm -hmm. So try not to make that decision. Mm -hmm. I also, sometimes we call it a contract, making a contract with demons. That's that permission. That's your will. That's your choice saying, yes, I'm signing up for this mm -hmm. thing, but please don't believe the lie that you're selling your soul to Satan. You can't sell your soul to Satan. Otherwise, right. why did Jesus even go to the cross? He can redeem your soul. So mm -hmm. it's not too late. Amen. Yes. Yeah. So when you say permission, it's like there's a there's a legal thing going yes. on here. There's a legality here. So when you are doing those things, you're giving essentially the devil permission to influence your life. Is that what you're saying? Like yes, you're giving him permission to come in to your life. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. By going against God. Right. Uh, these are spiritual practices. This is the spiritual realm. It's real and it's serious. Mm -hmm. So the Christian doing that is committing idolatry. Yeah. It's very sad because I know that, and even for myself, when I was newly saved, the church that I was in, they there were people in the church that would say, no, it's okay. You could do yoga. No. Can you no. explain that? What is it about yoga that points to demons? Yoga is a Hindu spiritual practice, and you cannot separate the Hinduism from the yoga. It's, it's at the core. The postures are deliberate. So a lot of people might argue, well, okay, it might've started this way, but hey, Romans 14, it's okay. You know, as long as you're not convicted about it, but that's, that's, I, I know, <laughs> I, I can't agree with that at all. When you're doing those postures, you are worshiping their demons. You, Doreen said once to me, I loved it. She said, well, you know, you can't take a Ouija board and put Bible verses on it mm -hmm. and think it's okay to yeah. do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There are things that are redeemable. Where is Jesus glorified in you um, honoring Lord Shiva or Brahma? You know what I mean? Like the, um, the sun salutation. This is a deliberate practice to worship the sun, S-U-N and not S-O-N, believing in the energy, giving you optimal health. Like, And it always goes along with chakras and meditation. So mm. it's very disheartening for me, heartbreaking to see Christians falling for the tactics of the evil one with the good old Romans 14 argument. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen a lot of that and a lot of um, explanation just being, well, I'm doing it as a Christian with God in my heart. And, and I think that a lot of it is just a misunderstanding of the spiritual realm. I don't think that most people understand the legality. And that's why I was using that word. Cause I don't think most right. people understand that 
it's a contract. Like if you sign a contract, but you say, but my heart's not really in it. I'm doing this, but I, I don't, it doesn't matter. In a court of law, you well, sign the contract. It means nothing what you feel about it. And I don't think that people recognize that. They don't right. They don't see that they are truly inviting the darkness. And then they wonder, why am I feeling this way? Why am I so? Because you have doors open to the Right. And, and it's not that we're saying that there's a, de- a demon behind every corner. We're, we're targeting and addressing the things that are blatantly demonic, just so people will know. Right. Just like you said, right, they're deceived. They don't know. And think about it. He's tricking them with health. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. a good idea because I know I want to feel better. You know, you want to feel better. And we live in a culture um, that is so fast paced Mm -hmm. and so loaded with social media and, Mm -hmm. you know, and the movies and everything looks good and everything seems good. And they're promoting it. They're promoting yoga. They're promoting and and you're anxious and you want to calm down or quiet your mind or whatever. Or if the health benefits, you think you have the health benefits, elongating your spine and being flexible and you have arthritis or fibromyalgia. There's Mm -hmm. plenty of things that you can do if you have those, you know, I have them. Mm -hmm. I have them. I, I'm not just preaching, man. I, I have them, you know, I have autoimmune disease and migraines and things like that, but you're not going to catch me doing Tai Chi or yoga. Thank you very much. Even just look, if you really look at these practices, you know, in India, they're laughing at us. I mean, this is not what yoga is, what, what people are trying to say and how they're using it. It's not, it's not what it is. It's a spiritual practice, hmm. mainly. You should tell that to, there's a professor at my school. I'm in seminary at a very liberal seminary. God called me there. He warned me ahead of time that I was going to have to speak up and that people were going to hate me. Oh, wow. <laughs> and it was, and I like, he told me this through like a mentor of mine. He said it so plainly before I went, he said, Adira, you need to get ready because you're going to have to speak the truth and people are not going to want to hear it there. We have a class at the school called Christian Zen that is all no. about, yes, all about, it's taught by like this, you know, tiny white lady and it's all about Christian <laughs> meditation. And it's like just repackaging all sorts of Eastern mystical practices for the Christian and saying, how can we line this up with scripture and make it work for us? And people just eat it up and it's really heartbreaking. And if you say anything against it, and that's the other thing is when you speak against these things, people will say that you're like small-minded or Mm -hmm. you're a bigot. I'm sure you've come across that. I'm sure you've heard it all. I'm attacked on a regular Mm. on a regular basis for sure. Mm -hmm. And hey, Hinduism, peaceful, don't come up against, but that's the thing. We're not coming up against people. Right. We're not attacking people mm. where Ephesians 5.11, we're exposing the fruitless deeds of darkness mm. and not partnering it, uh, with it. And Paul did that. And he tells us in 2 Timothy 3.16 that the Bible is useful for that, for correction and reproof. And it, the Bible is sufficient. The word of God is sufficient for us. But we do need to stand firm and tell the truth. And I'll be praying for you. That's, that is a big thing. As a matter of fact, his name was George P. Alexander, who taught world religions at Biola University. He grew up in India. I have two quotes from him. Many Westerners who practice yoga today are unaware that the physical positions assumed in yoga symbolize a spiritual act, worshiping one of the many Hindu gods. He went on to say to a Hindu, yoga is the outward physical expression of a deep spiritual belief. You Mm. cannot separate one from the other. Mm. You can't, you, 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 you cannot redeem it. You cannot say, well, God knows my heart. I mean, think of Jeremiah 17, nine. I always say, you're right. God does know your heart. You better watch out. 
what is Jeremiah? What's Jeremiah 17:9? The heart is deceptive and sick. Mm, yes. You know, that's not to say that you're trying to do something bad against God. Again, you're deceived, but let's not use that to say, well, God knows my heart. God knows what. Yeah. Yes, God wants your heart to strive for obedience and to be in his will. And of course, to follow his commands, to obey his commands and not to be idolatrous. And it's not because he's an angry grandpa, but it's for our protection. Because when we step out right. and we step ahead of him and we step into these, he's protecting us from those demonic consequences yes. and, and tangling with demons. So much of this, I think, whether someone can receive it or not has to do with their view of God. Because I think when I heard this sort of Christian restriction against certain things growing up, I was like, ah, like you're just trying to control me. Like you just, <laughs> you just want me to live this small life. And when you really understand who God is and you understand, especially the father, mm -hmm. then these sorts of commands of scripture, mm -hmm. you, you see them as love. Like I see that as loving. Like I'm like, God loves me so much that he's like, here is all this knowledge that you could never come up with yourself. And it's all for your protection. Like he wants us to be safe. He sees everything that we cannot see. Like he's been there since the beginning. And he's like, here's the way to navigate this world in communion with me. And here's a way to avoid the arrows of the enemy. And we say, no, God, I think I know better than you. Actually, I'm going to do this. It's so much. It's, it's yeah. so fun. And it's, it's just so foolish. And I totally empathize because I, growing up, felt that same way. It was like, don't tell me what to do. But God doesn't just tell us what to do exactly as you were saying out of a jealousy that's a human jealousy. Because I think even a lot of people have problems with the word jealous when scripture says that God is jealous. Right. And they see that as a human jealousy that is self-serving and selfish. And it's like God is jealous because he loves us and he knows that anything else is less than him. So if you're exchanging something in place of God or something that's contradictory to God, or God's word, it's less than him. And he wants better for you. He wants the best for you, which is himself. Right. And I, I just want people to get that. Yeah. Well, and it makes sense because he's our creator. He's exactly. our creator. He's the top of the totem pole. All of the other things are putting yourself on the hamster wheel and getting you further away from God yeah. and into those demonic zones. And it's very dangerous. Yes. It's, Satan's very cunning. He's very manipulative. He's very tricky. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why you have to really look into things because what you see isn't always what you get. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I love the analogy of the hamster wheel because it reminds me like what you're saying with that is you have to keep going back. As you were saying yeah. before, if it was real peace, you wouldn't have to keep going back. And it just reminds me of Jesus's words on water. It's like, if, if you would, if you knew who I was mm -hmm. and you asked me for water, I would give you living water and mm -hmm. you would never thirst again. Like it's like Amen. what God offers is final. What he offers That's actually right. sustains us. What he's offering is eternal goodness. And why would we, why would we want anything less than that? And that's if, the freedom. Yeah. Isn't it interesting? Like you, like people are going to all these other things because they think it will help them and it's keeping them in bondage. Mm. They are, they are in chains that way. Mm. And the peace of Christ is liberating. Yeah. You can breathe, surrendering your control to God, mm -hmm. the one who, who has and can and will do it all. The only one, you know, that's a relief to surrender the control to him. When you have the anxiety, when you have situations in your life, rather than running to a psychic, go mm -hmm. put your faith and trust in the Lord and just know he's got you mm -hmm. and he has a plan for your life mm -hmm. and, and put your trust there. It's, it's really rather amazing and miraculous. Yes.
Mm. It is. It is. Do you want to share a bit about your ministry? I know we've covered it somewhat, but you're always doing a lot. You're always um. recording things on many different <laughs> platforms. So what what is your heart? Like what why do you do what you do? Uh two reasons. Don't make me cry, sister. Mm. I don't want anybody to suffer the things that I suffered. The consequences that even my daughter suffered and that I still have to deal with. You know, God is good. You know, there's no condemnation in Christ, but uh, there are real consequences to our sin. Mm. Um, and so the second reason is to testify and to show people, lead people to Christ, yeah. to show them um, the way, the truth and the life and psychics ain't it, mm -hmm. you know, so, so I put myself out there. I was an older woman who doesn't know technology <laughs> and I'm going to tell you it's all God. Mm -hmm. It's all God. Just being able to put a TikTok video, being able to do a live, being able to keep coming back after all the insults and the witches that are putting curses on me and doing readings on me mm. and just to keep coming back. And there are days that I just, trust me, I go through a lot of spiritual warfare because I charge head on. And yet when I look at the last three years of the ministry and how the Lord has just led me. He's just taken me. He's equipped me. He's put the right people on my path. He's opened doors and it's all for him. It's his business. It's mm. his business. So mm. um, now I'm doing the podcast, which I love. And it's so funny because I bought a microphone, not this one, but I bought a microphone to do podcasting three years ago mm. and I never did it. And I never thought I could do it. And I don't know how to do the technology. And then the Lord put somebody on my path. All I have to do is record. Nice. I know. They yes. edit and post it for you. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. They do that whole thing. The other things I have to do, you know, I have to, you know, I do the TikTok and I do Instagram, mm -hmm. some YouTube, but I, I can't edit, but I do the best with what I've got and God, it's all God. Yeah. It's really all, all God. And so I pray that what I've gone through would, um, reach many, many souls for Christ and that they would be set free from it and that their eyes would be open to the devil's tactics today. Mm -hmm. It's so amazing that we talked for the first time in 2020 before yeah. you started to publicly share yeah. as much. And now you have this whole ministry that God has created himself. What is the name of your podcast? Where can people listen? Mm -hmm. It's X Psychic Saved, E-X dash Psychic. Mm -hmm and then space saved because it's different than my usernames um it's on google spotify apple and edify e-d-i-f-i um and i just finally after spiritual warfare got my second book up out of the new age and into the truth yep for almost three months it took just to get it into paperback on amazon it just kept kicking it back it was crazy so i said okay lord growing the fruit of patience yeah. I, okay he does that he loves it he <laughs> does yes yes so you know anybody could go to my website i've been blogging on there i hope to encourage people send out a newsletter xpsychicsave.com okay. and a lot going on for the ministry that's awesome i'll, I'll put all these details in the show notes so if anyone wants to get in contact they can do yeah. that and yes. I know you're open to DMs from people. I'm sure you get a lot of DMs yes. from people who have questions and are trying to get out. Yes. And yeah. I and I honestly will 
and want to answer each and every one, just please afford me some grace, everybody out there, because of course, my first ministry is my home. Mm. And I have a lot of family stuff going on right now, too. But I do the best I can. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. It was awesome to hear it a second time. I feel like you have even more clarity now than you did the first time we spoke. I think you've probably just learned a lot since then. The Lord has grown me, sister, over the last three years. And I just Mm -hmm. want to say, um, anyway, I love you so much. And I love what you do. I love your ministry. It's powerful and it's amazing. And I pray God continues to bless it. And the Lord has grown me. um, And praise God, because if we're not growing, something's not right. (laughs) Absolutely. So true. Mm -hmm. So true. I love you too, Jen. And let's please stay in touch. Let's see what we can make happen with your story. Amen. Let's do it. I'm excited. Me too. Me too. All right. Talk later.